This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Greetings, conversationalists. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation, and I love that you're with me today. I hope it's blue skies wherever you are. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, I'd love to have you with me. Uh, And I got to just tell you all, tomorrow night... When I win the Mega Millions and become a billionaire overnight, I, I don't intend to quit my job. I intend to just invest the money in in growing my radio show and, and buying land with a house, enough land where we can bury the bodies of the crazy people who show up on my doorstep. But nonetheless, I, I don't intend to quit. I, I have bought the winning Mega Millions ticket. Well, I'm not sure I have. I've just been praying to Jesus a whole lot that it actually is. <laughs> We'll see. That is kind of absurd. Uh, $1.55 billion. Now, I was actually talking to a friend of mine who's a financial analyst, as an aside, and he said, if you're under 50 years old, you should always take the annuity. So the annuity is a, a payment every year for 30 years, and that works out over that 30 years to $1.55 billion before tax. However, however, if you take the lump sum payment, it winds up being like $750 million before taxes. So after taxes, you're talking about $400 million, still a lot of money. Uh, the, the, the thing that he said, though, is that if you're under 50, the reason you should take the annuity that pays out every year, and so your first year, it, it, it increases every five, it increases 5% every year. So your first year, it's like uh, after taxes around $13.7 million, and then the next year, it's like $14.5 million, and then it's 15-something, and then 16 and 17. It, it, it increases by 5%. Um, every year. And the reason he said that is because if you're under 50, you will be getting multiple millions of dollars every year, as opposed to a lump sum where if you make mistakes, uh, you could blow everything uh, by accident and not realize it. And you're going to have be inundated with people the first couple of months of winning who are friends and family begging you for money. He also said, interestingly enough, or separately, this is in a different article, that you should immediately sign, sign it over to a trust. Like when you sign the back of the ticket, uh, you need to put it in whatever your name is, family trust. 
and then get with your lawyer and set up the trust before you take the ticket in because that's a good way to protect yourself from uh, everybody begging you for money. You say, well, it's in a trust. I can't do it. It's it's in a trust. You you have a legitimate reason to tell people no, just in case you win. But I'm going to be the winner, so I've got to think about these things. You don't. Now, we should move on. The hive mind is at work. So I've been in the media now long enough to understand how this works, you start hearing something from someone and then other people overhear it and it sounds smart to them. So they pick it up and pretty soon the hive mind is at work. You're going to start hearing something very soon. Some of you have already started hearing it. The normie candidate Everyone wants the normie candidate. They're not going to say the normal person. They're going to say the normie because that's what the hive mind is using, the normie candidate. Now, this has started, as best I can trace it, this comes from people close to the DeSantis campaign who are calling his reboot the normie reboot. And by the way, uh, for all the despair in the media about the DeSantis campaign collapsing, there's actually a rebound of enthusiasm out there for him among his core supporters because they feel like things have clicked. Uh, He's staying on his economic message and he's sounding like the normie candidate, including uh, this. Yes or no, did Donald Trump lose the 2020 election? Whoever puts their hand on the Bible on January 20th every four years uh, is the winner. Okay, but respectfully, you did not clearly answer that question. And if you can't give a yes or no because on whether or not Trump lost, then how of can course, you... No, of, of course he lost. Uh, Trump lost the 2020 of, election. Of course. Okay. Uh, Joe Biden's the president. But the issue is, I think, what, what people in the media and elsewhere... They want to act like somehow this was just like the perfect election. Um, it took him being pushed by the reporter to say that, um, but he's now increasingly going after Trump. And the way he's going after Trump is he's going after Trump the way Trump annoys, quote unquote, normal people. Uh, the, the He put Dr. Fauci in charge the last year of his race, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that matters, matters greatly, uh, that, uh, he wants to now be not the anti-woke candidate, but the normie, but all of them do. It, it just, it, it bugs me though. Now that, uh, so this started as best I can tell, and I could be wrong here, but it seems the where I just picked up on it and searching on Twitter, where did normie start being used and stuff? It was, uh, people close to DeSantis that this is what his relaunch is more about is that. Uh, people want just a normal person to be president. They don't want this weird old dude, Joe Biden. They don't want the angry uh, social media, all caps, keyboard banger, Donald Trump. They just want someone who's normal. And that's where it's coming. And that that works for me, I guess. I would prefer a normal candidate, uh, whoever that might be. Uh, I think Tim Scott has been trying to be a normal candidate as well, just a normal dude running for president. What I What I'm getting at, though is that the pattern of the press is to go with the hive mind where over the next several weeks you're going to be talking about now the normie lane. Because what the media does when people run for president is they talk about their lanes. 
you have the Trump lane. In the non-Trump lanes, you have the foreign policy lane. You have the domestic policy lane. The fiscal conservative lane. You have the hard truth teller lane. And now we're going to get the normie lane, the normal lane. And you're going to see the hive mind at work where it's not very original. It's not very thoughtful. It's very stereotypical. It's very derivative and iterative of the commentary of other people to put someone in the normal candidate lane. And at the end of the day, what the media is saying is this, is people don't want to crank for president. They want someone who looks and sounds like them. And the antagonism towards DeSantis in the beginning was the man sounds autistic, and that's what they actually said. He sounds like he's on the spectrum, or he sounds autistic. He doesn't have people skills. He's not relatable. And now suddenly it's, oh, DeSantis is trying to be normal. We'll see if they maintain the story about he's not relatable. One of the stories that has come up a lot about DeSantis in particular is, oh, the more people see him up close and personal, the more they dislike him. That's not really true. That's spin from the Trump campaign. And because the DeSantis campaign, was not talking to the press, the Trump campaign filled the void with the talking points. The more people see DeSantis up close and personal, the less they like him. It's really not true. And it's it's just unfortunate that this is where people have arrived at. Now, that being said, Joe Biden has some serious problems on his hands, and it gets to the idea of the normal people. Before that, though, I do have to laugh at this response from Ron DeSantis in this Dasha Burns NBC interview. Referendum on Joe Biden's policies and the failures that we've seen, and we are presenting a positive vision for the future we will win the presidency uh, and we will have a chance to turn the country around. If, on the other hand, uh, the election is not about January 20th, 2025, but January 6th, 2021, or what document was left by the toilet at Mar-a-Lago, if it's a referendum on that, we are going to lose. But and that's Trump just the reality. The race, you know with Trump in the race, that is largely what it's going to be about. And right now, and you're not, not fighting against not, Joe that's, Biden. That's you're not, fighting against that's Trump. Not a, that's not a pathway for success for the Republican Party. I think a lot of our voters understand that. Yes. If it's a referendum on January 6, 2021, or what documents were left on the toilet of Mar-a-Lago, we're going to lose. Yes, that is well said. Now, Here's the problem, and this does go to the whole normal voter thing. Joe Biden is losing ground with black and Hispanic voters. As Democrats have made major gains with suburban and upper middle class voters since Trump's political ascendancy, they've been losing blue-collar voters. The blue-collar voter loss includes non-white voters who haven't graduated from college. His lead over Trump with this once heavily Democratic constituency is just 16 points. In 2020, Biden dominated Trump with these voters, winning 48 points. Why? What's going on here? The environmental policies, among other things, they are deeply opposed to Joe Biden's environmental agenda that they're pushing too quickly to get rid of fossil fuels, to get rid of gas-burning stoves, to get rid of gas water heaters. They're moving too far, too fast. For non-white voters, they're driving up their costs. Not only that, there is a cultural issue here. When white Democratic voters are really big into, for example, transgender issues, and non-white voters are not, 
There's a huge problem there for the Democrats because they're alienating culturally non-white voters on these issues because most normal people understand boys cannot become girls. Normal people understand transgenderism is a mental health issue. And that the Democrats are so aggressive about it now is beginning to alienate people. On top of that, gas prices are beginning to skyrocket. According to the Financial Times, there is in full-blown, quote-unquote, panic mode in the White House over gas prices. That gas prices skyrocketing could, in fact, force us into a recession. It comes at a time Biden has not filled up the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, and it comes at a time that Americans are just now starting to get a little bit comfortable with the idea the economy may be rebounding. The problem is, as Andy Puzzer points out, that inflation may be coming down, but prices are still going up, and Americans are still feeling the prices continue to go up. I think I think it has a real impact on the, um, the the attitude of people in the country, the attitude of consumers. Look, people are being told that the inflation rate is going down. Uh, Biden's out there saying inflation's down. We're defeating it, but they see prices keep going up because the only thing that's going down is the rate of inflation. Inflation and prices keep increasing, and then they hear uh, from Fitch that the the country may not be in as good a shape as uh, as the Bidenomics pledge uh, seems to be indicating it is. Uh, that they're getting downgraded, that the people at the top may not be doing their job. I think I think it's a, I think it's serious, and I, in some senses, I think it was well deserved. We uh, we do seem to have a problem coming to grips with our growing deficit and our growing debt, uh, and an inflation, of course, is uh, it is you know it's like a tax, but it's also an indication that you're not going to pay back the full amount of your debt because you're going to be paying back with inflated dollars. So I, I, I think it was it, much like happened in the Obama economy when we were downgraded by Moody's. So I think this downgrade um, is it, it should send a message, should send a message to policymakers that we need to make some changes. Yes, very much so. We do need to make changes. And those changes need to reflect that people do not want to have the hardcore environmental nuts or the trans advocates in office, nor do they want the Republicans who yell at the sky about a stolen election in office. They're really tired of the exotic, odd candidates taking over things, and normal Americans are striking back. But sadly, we're going to be forced to deal with this commentary about normie Americans, not normal people. Can you just say normal people, not normie? It's so dumb, but the hive mind will tell us normie. What's so ironic here is that saying normie instead of normal isn't normal, and yet that's the coverage we're going to get. I am a small businessman. The company that I run for my radio show, it's a small business. I've got employees. I don't have HR. You may be in that situation, and you may really need HR. Well, you may want to talk to Bambi. When running a business, your employees can create all sorts of interesting situations and they could get you in trouble. What happens when two employees are squabbling? One of them smells bad all the time. What do you do? How do you navigate the rules? With Bambi, you get access to your own dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 a month. They're available by phone, email, real-time chat. Onboarding and terminations run smoothly. Team members reach peak performance. Your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations. Let Bambi handle your employees for you. Their HR autopilot automates important HR practices like setting policies, training, and feedback. Listen, you want 
U.S.-based HR managers who give you experience, expertise, a personal touch you need to make it seem like they're a part of your team. They could cost eighty grand a year, but Bambi starts at $99 a month. Schedule your free conversation today to see how much Bambi can take off your plate. Go to Bambi.com right now. Type in Eric Erickson under podcast when you sign up. It'll help you. It'll help your company grow. It'll help you keep peace of mind. It's spelled B-A-M-B-E-E. Bam. B-E-E.com. Bambi.com. Type in Eric Erickson. This is your dumb story of the day. It really is ridiculous. Uh, Thomas Jefferson University President Mark Tikoniski has resigned. He liked controversial tweets that questioned uh, gender transition uh, surgeries and also uh, cast doubt on mandating the COVID vaccine, among other things. He's a Yale-educated molecular immunologist. And it questions gender reassignment surgeries Uh, called them child mutilization, and he is forced to resign because of it. Uh, The hive mind groupthink in academia uh, knows no bounds. You know, the American Academy of Pediatrics, which is more of a trade union for pediatricians, uh, and increasing numbers of pediatricians make lots of money prescribing uh, hormone therapy and the like for uh, gender transitioning kids. And so the American Academy of Pediatrics, which the media labels as like an expert authoritative group, and it's really just a trade union for uh, pediatricians across America. They're like, we're going to study uh, gender transitions more. But in the meantime, we think it's fine and keep giving the drugs. You know, the American Academy of Pediatrics is not going to come out and say it's a bad idea when you realize they're not an army of experts dedicated to thinking about uh, medicine and what's to benefit pediatricians or uh, pediatric patients. They're a trade group of pediatricians designed to maximize the profits of the pediatricians. As opposed to, for example, the National Health Service in uh, Great Britain, which has walked back from gender transitions, because it's not a trade group designed to maximize profits. It's actually there to study what's the best research and and what's the best outcome. And it has walked away, as have uh, similar groups in much of Europe. It's this one here with all the money, uh, absolutely obnoxiously uh, in the pocket of groups that want to advance this sort of nonsense. And I got to tell you again, it's starting to show up more and more in polling of non-white voters that this particular issue bothers them greatly, that uh, gender transitions are starting to really trigger non-white voters in America who realize it's wrong and that uh, there's all sorts of a lack of um, l- lack of research, and you're dealing with a mental health issue. You're not dealing with a physical issue. And they are really starting to react negatively towards the Democrats because of it, since the Democrats are the most vocal group about it. Um, just very interesting. Now, as I mentioned earlier, my kids are back to school. We went to Best Buy yesterday. We had to go to Staples, and then we went to Best Buy. And I got to tell you, um, it just, I, I'm glad we decided to go to vision computer to get our son's computer. Now there's nothing wrong with like, I, I love going to the electronic stores and the big box stores, but this one size fits all approach 
my son had one a particular computer that did particular things. And if you do the one size fits all approach, you're not going to get exactly what you need or what you want. Whether it's for your business or for your home, if you go to Vision Computers and you call them at 404 Compute, they can build you an upgradable computer, laptop or desktop, that actually fits what you need, whether it's your kids going back to school, to college or to high school, what they need there. Make it upgradable for when they need more power in it or a greater GPU later. And then also they can be tech support. So they service the computer. They keep you up and running. And your kids or your employees can call Vision Computer with a dedicated number where they actually answer the phone. You don't leave a message. They actually answer the phone. They diagnose you. Uh, They can remotely patch into your computer to fix things. It's such a great system. 404 Compute, 404 Compute, anywhere in the nation, Vision Computer help. You can also go to visioncomputers.com, visioncomputers.com. Or 404 Compute, let Vision Computers build your computer and be your IT department. Did you know China has made it a priority to teach students financial literacy starting in preschool? Financial literacy isn't taught in our elementary schools, and parents lack the resources to teach it at home. American kids are yet again being left behind. Now there's a great way for parents and grandparents to help the kids they love learn about finance, thanks to the Sensibles. And at bcs-kids.com. The Sensibles are a team of animated superheroes who help kids aged 6 to 12 develop smart money habits in a fun way. BCS-Kids.com was created to channel this multimedia resource to kids everywhere. Buy a subscription for your loved ones, and each month, they'll get a Sensibles kit in the mail with an entertaining DVD, comic book, and activities. Digital subscriptions are also available. They'll also get access to an interactive website with a library of lessons, fun activities, and more. Want 20% off the monthly subscription costs? Visit at bcs-kids.com. Enter the promo code ERIC, my name, E-R-I-C-K. It's the sensible thing to do. Subscribe today at bcs-kids.com. Greetings and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number 877-973-7425 if you want to be on the program. Um, I would like to, well, yeah, I'm going to do it now because it plays perfectly well into the story. Can we talk about performance fabrics for a moment, people? I'm wearing a nice golf shirt. It's a Pierre Millar golf shirt. I like it. Uh, it's a performance fabric. I like the way it drapes. I like the way it feels. It's soft, but can we also be honest? It's polyester. When you hear performance fabric, it's a fancy way of avoiding saying polyester. And what polyester is, is hot. Yes, it's moisture wicking in that the sweat from your body that accumulates because you wear the polyester shirt soaks into the polyester and then possibly evaporates quicker than if it's cotton. But it's a hot shirt. And so I, this is my, my snobby part of me. And everybody, I think, does this. So one of the reasons I love Instagram is I have found uh, a a large number of small manufacturers who produce really cool things, and I love. And I love the fact that I can have something that feels more unique. It's not the mass-market, mass-produced product. And I think everybody kind of takes pleasure in finding that unique company uh, maybe before it takes off, the the band, that before the band is big, you found the band. Uh, like, for example, you know the band Mumford & Sons, uh, kind of they've fallen apart now. It's Marcus doing his own stuff now. But I remember like being the very first person in my circle of friends who had ever heard them. 
And it was just because I read an obscure article uh, somewhere that mentioned that uh, you should check them out. And I did, and I really like their music. And, all, and I'm playing it for my friends. They all like it. And then all of a sudden, they explode on the scene. And it's just kind of cool. Like, I was the trendsetter for once because I'm not a trendsetter. I am not a trendsetter. And for once, I was. But there are different companies that I like, uh, clothing, like Peter Millar. It's their little pricier, but their clothes hold up very good. Uh, one of the downsides of a lot of the mass-produced athletic wear stuff that you buy right now is that it falls apart quickly. Like the, the Lululemon stuff is just garbage to me. Ladies, I'm sorry. Your yoga pants from Lululemon are going to fall apart in a year. They're going to pill up and get holes in them. I just, I, 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 they make men's shorts for the gym and all the liners and stuff, they just fall apart so quick. I don't like it. There's a company I like called Rhone, R-H-O-N-E, that makes great men's athletic gear and, I mean, pants and underwear. Most of my clothing comes from there now, and it's fantastic. It's well-made. It's well-priced. It holds up. But, again, a lot of it is polyester. You, you, when you go online, if you – like, I follow a lot of uh, different people in CrossFit and the like, and – like I see the ads and it's always like the 10,000 company or Vuri or all these athletic companies. And it's all like polyester athletic wear, probably all made in the same factories, but designed to look slightly different. Or now there are all the companies that make the polyester golf shirts. And good Lord, do I see these all the time. I like Holderness and Bourne. Uh, they're great. But it's all, again, it's all this mass produce athletic wear, sports wear, uh, professional wear that that's polyester. It's hot. It doesn't breathe. It's you get miserable on the golf course. You're sweating. I went and played golf Friday afternoon. It was in the nineties and we were pouring with sweat. We looked fabulous on the golf course in our no wrinkled polyester shirts, but we were covered in sweat. I would rather be wrinkled and cool than, than have the perfect drape of the polyester athletic sports fabric shirt that doesn't breathe, you might as well be out there wearing a garbage bag, all this polyester stuff. But the polyester stuff has come about because the mass production of cheap in Vietnam and China. And now the Wall Street Journal has the story that the era of ultra cheap stuff is under threat. And it's kind of funny. Turns out even Vietnamese kids would rather be TikTok influencers than work in a factory. The workplace features floor-to-ceiling windows and a cafe serving matcha tea, as well as free yoga and dance classes. Every month, workers gather at team-building sessions to drink beer, drive go-karts, and go bowling. This isn't Google. It's a garment factory in Vietnam. Asia, the world's factory floor and the source of much of the stuff Americans buy, is running into a big problem. Its young people, by and large, don't want to work in factories. That's why the garment factory is trying to make its manufacturing floor more enticing and why alarm bells are ringing at Western companies that rely on the region's inexpensive labor to churn out affordable consumer goods. The twilight of ultra-cheap Asian factory labor is emerging as the latest test of the globalized manufacturing model, which over the past three decades has delivered a vast array of inexpensively produced goods to consumers around the world. Americans accustomed to bargain rate fashion and flat screen TVs may soon be reckoning with higher prices. There's nowhere left on the planet that's going to be able to give you what you want, said Paul Norris, a British co-founder of the Vietnam Garment Factory, unavailable, based in Ho Chi Minh City. People are going to have to change their consumer habits. 
and so are brands. Workers in their 20s routinely drop out of the company training program. Those who stay often work for a couple of years. Everyone wants to be an Instagrammer or a photographer or a stylist or works at the coffee shop. In response to the crisis, Asian factories have had to increase wages and adopt sometimes costly strategies to retain workers from improving cafeteria fare to building kindergartners for workers' children. Toy and game maker Hasbro said this year labor shortages in Vietnam and China had pushed up costs. Barbie maker Mattel, which has a long, large production base in China, also is grappling with higher labor costs. This is happening in clothing. It's happening in toys. It's happening in electronics. More and more and more. People are struggling to deal with the costs because these workers in places like Vietnam and China, in India, they want higher wages. They want better benefits. It's kind of interesting to see that um, as they get wealthier, they want even more. Now, I kind of, if I'm honest with this, so this isn't an intent to get theological. It's, it's just to note that so Judaism is grounded in Israel and in, in Jerusalem. Islam is grounded in Mecca and Saudi Arabia. Hinduism is grounded in India. Uh, Buddhism as well, grounded in, in mostly in northern India and in, in parts of China. Uh, Christianity is a global religion because it has no anchor. Since it's anchored to a man instead of a geographic location, it's spread around the world far quicker and more efficiently than other uh, religions. In fact, Christianity is growing now in China at such a rate. There are now widely believed to be more Chinese Christians than there are all of Americans. We are a nation of 350 million people. It is estimated that there are more Christians living in China than there are Americans alive today. In Iran, believe it or not, Christianity is the fastest growing religion even as the the Islamic government there tries to stamp it out. Now, I only make this point because Christianity has spread around the world, and, and it's moving out of the West, and it's moving into Asia now with explosive growth. And I kind of I, – I, I use that example because I kind of feel like this for uh, high-impact growth manufacturing jobs that don't pay a lot is very much like that. It, they moved out of the West. The factory jobs moved out of the West. They moved first into Mexico. Then they spread over to China. They went to Taiwan. They went to Korea. Then they moved to Vietnam. And they moved to Laos. They're moving into India now. And I suspect we're going to flip into Africa soon. And we're going to go all the way around the world. We'll get to Africa and then eventually we'll get to South America. And, and so the manufacturing jobs will move from Asia into Africa. We will find countries in Africa that decide to stabilize their workforces, stabilize their economies and countries, put people to work. They'll build the factories and we'll still get the cheap mass produced stuff. And eventually it'll circumnavigate the world and hit a brick wall where everybody wants a higher living and prices will go up. Globalism is called globalism because it circles the world. That's why Christianity is the global religion. More than 2 billion people believe in the resurrection of Christ. Uh, billions of people around the world work in globalist entangled entities. The problem here, though, is eventually you run out of places that can build the cheap tables and the cheap chairs and the cheap polyester fabrics and the cheap running shoes and the cheap everything because as capitalism moves around the world people's standards of living upgrade and they expect more 
There's nothing wrong with that. It's one of the good things of capitalism. Capitalism has elevated more people out of poverty than socialism or communism. Capitalism works, and we're seeing the effects of that capitalism even at the bottom end of the chain. In Asian factories, they're having to boost wages to keep people involved, but that's raising prices around the world. It's just part of the pattern. But we also, those of us who are now in fully immersed in like the shopping habits online, whether we go to Amazon, whether we go to Instagram and, and we find small curated products and stuff, more and more it's becoming harder and harder for us to find products that are reasonably priced and well-made. We're always going to be able to find cheap products that are poorly made. But increasingly, if you want something that is, well, a good product that's not going to just break overnight, you're going to pay a premium for it. And to a degree, that's always the way it's been. But over the last really 15, 20 years, we've been able to get great electronics that are reliable, that last long term. We're not swapping out TVs every year. Uh, even our refrigerators, which are prone now, the newer models because of government standards and regulations are more prone to break down than models from 30 years ago. We're still able to get a reasonably priced refrigerator made in Vietnam or China. Uh, an American manufactured model tends to not be as good, tends to not last as long, and tends to be twice as expensive. But these are becoming problems we're going to have to deal with. It's like we went through a golden age of economics and commerce over the last three years, and COVID in particular was the defining moment people can put their finger on the calendar and say, this is when it happened. People, after lockdowns, were no longer willing to live the same way they had lived before. People in Asia no longer wanted to live the way they had lived before. And so the standards of the world are growing up and... People are not willing to settle for these mass-produced garbage products anymore. Let's go to the phones on this. David, you're going to be up first today. Welcome. Good afternoon, sir. Hi there. I have three words for you, and I'll just take a breath and let you absorb it. All right. Late-night insomnia. QVC happened to be on. They were advertising vegan material sandals. Vegan I couldn't make it up sandals. if I tried. They yeah, know their branding. Thirty or forty bucks for them. And I thought that's the perfect combination of late night shopping, woke, and you know we'll bring it to you and, and mail it to you. You don't even have to see the kids working in the factory making it. My good. So what are vegan sandals? No, a vegan animal <laughs> is one made without <laughs> the use of animal myself. products. So they're not tested. So there's no leather. There's no wool. There's no fur. Um, oh, yeah. Well, you can't have glue because we know what happens yeah, to the horses. Oh my gosh, this is really a thing. Shoes made without <laughs> leather, wool, or glue, um, <laughs> it, it, unless it's a synthetic chemical glue. So their carbon footprint for the vegan shoe is is much more massive. Than the, the shoe that has the horses. Wow, this is something. But, you know, so you mentioned QVC. QVC back in the day was where you went to find the products that nobody else had. And now sure. you go to Instagram. Um, it just, it. but okay, a vegan shoe. David, this is a new one to me. And I'm looking, 
this is a like serious, serious thing. And you will not be surprised to learn that one of the top links is how uh, environmentalist groups don't like the trend because of the carbon footprint of the vegan shoe. <laughs> and I have to ask, can, can you post somewhere or text me the, the polo shirts, the golf shirts you were talking about? Because I can't stand to sweat anymore in polyester. I don't care how you call it, microfiber or miracle fiber. I just hate sweating in the summertime. Look, so I'm honestly, David, I'm still trying to find some because I, I found some great clothes, but it's all this performance fabric garbage, right, which is right. it's it's all sweat. So I'm looking for I mean, it's like I'm going to go back to the old Ralph Lauren cotton polo shirts where, uh, yeah, the water stays in the shirt, but it's a whole lot cooler than these. Sweaty. Like the So there's a company called Holderness and Born. I really like their clothes, but it's all right. that performance wear. Now, they do have some that have cotton blended in. And they're a little more wrinkly, but I do. They're a little cooler to me than all this performance fabric polyester stuff. You, met, you um, mentioned some other one that's called Roan or Roan? yeah, Roan. I I R H O N E. Oh, okay. I, yeah, right, so, so, I was trying to scribble them down and. <laughs> Yeah, R H O N E, um, and I I like their clothes a lot, and they do a cotton blend that that's cooler than a lot a lot of the the regular polyester stuff. And I know the guy who's the CEO, great guy. Um, it's a great company, but yeah, I, this stuff I'm so tired of getting on the golf course and just sweating my. I mean, I'm going to sweat anyway. It's in the 90s and I'm fat, but like not the way that I'm sweating with these performance fabric shirts. It's like I might as well remember back in the day the craze was you would go wear this plastic stuff at the gym so that you'd sweat out everything. Um, that's oh, what no, it's I like wearing these shirts. That long to sweat that much? <laughs> oh, it's, it's ridiculous. It, it, it and you come away just so gross. Oh, it was so disgusting. Um, I, but okay, I gotta let you go there because I, I got a break and, and I'm running long and I, I'm sure I've got an ad read in here somewhere. Um, ah, yes, I do have to tell you about Patriot Mobile before I get out of here. In fact, uh, this afternoon I'm rolling my son over to Patriot Mobile uh, because he needs a cell phone and I've decided, you know what? I tell everybody about Patriot Mobile. I've got a phone. I might as well practice what I preach on my son as well. Uh, so Patriot Mobile gives you guaranteed great service. They use the same cell towers everybody else started using, so you don't have to worry about that. And then they dedicate a portion of their profits to the conservative causes you care about. So if you go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, you can take your existing phone number to Patriot Mobile and use their service. And again, same cell towers you're probably already using. But then as they grow their profits, they give to the conservative causes you care about. Now, like in my son's case, you can move to Patriot Mobile and you get a new phone number from them. They can you do an electronic SIM, so you don't have to have the physical SIM card for your phone. And again, as you grow their profits, they grow their giving. You're getting guaranteed great service. They give you great discounts as well if you're a veteran or first responder. And you get free activation with my name. You go to PatriotMobile.com slash Eric or you call them 972-PATRIOT and tell them I sent you. I so I I broke protocol, uh, David. If you're still listening, check your text messages because I just sent you the link. Uh, and yeah, that actually is me. <laughs> look, I, I y'all, I just I look, I I'm wearing this shirt right now, and I like it's a good looking shirt. Um, I got it at the the waterfalls, the the golf club up in North Georgia. They've got a cool little logo that outlines like Burton. Um, it's nice, but these performance fabrics they they're a little sweaty. Um, because they don't breathe. And a listener, Randall, just sent me and said, you should wear a cotton undershirt, and that'll wick it away. I'm, man, I, I got to tell you, um, y'all are fired up about this particular topic. And I'm glad it's not just me. I just thought this is ridiculous. They, these, well, I love these shirts, but they're, 
their cool fabric is not really cool. 